Welcome to the Springforth Podcast, a ministry of the First Congregational Church of McGregor, Iowa. This recording was made for August 25th, 2021. I've noticed and I've been having a number of funerals this year and it seems that each one of them becomes more and more significant because we start to realize the fragility of life. And you can tell a congregation when you stand before them, even at a funeral, you can tell them that they will find joy again. They may not believe you at the moment. They may even think that you're being insincere and that you're mocking them. But it's true. Even in the midst of burying someone who's been close to us, whose life gave our life meaning and purpose, that when we bury them, we will be able to find joy again because our God is that strong. I think our God wants us to remain in misery and in brokenness. That's where we want to dwell. We dwell in the misery. (laughs) Pushing everybody away, being so miserable that we can hardly even keep company of civil individuals. We drown out our possibilities of joy. God doesn't do that. God opens us to possibility. Hello again, friends. The excerpt that you just heard was from Sunday, August 22nd, 2021. Was in the midst of preaching about the closing chapters of Ephesians. And there was that moment in the service where I realized now that it takes oneself to influence oneself. It seems that we have become so collectively closed off to the opinions of others unless they're saying things that we already agree with. But such is our indomitable spirit that we will always find something that we disagree with so we don't have to listen to anyone at all. I'm not saying that's where I'm at. I still want to be open to the information, the wisdom, the insight of others. And it's rare that I actually go back and listen to any of these recordings. I do at the moment of editing, try to tighten up some things, clarify some stuff, but usually after they're launched, that's about it. But today, as I was thinking back to my message on Sunday, I realized that somewhere during the actual process, the actual moment of being in the midst of a sermon, Not only are you speaking, but you're hearing. You're speaking, you're conveying, but you're also listening. 
Have we ever thought about that? Have we ever thought about the conversations that we are in? That not only are we part of the dialogue, but we're also part of the audience. That's an interesting phenomenon that I have known for some time during my years of professional ministry. And it influences all conversations. Because ministry, the way that we have created it, is a largely singular enterprise that worship is a monologue. It's a monologue of, of litany of prayers, sacraments. There are the occasional congregational moments where they will join you for a responsive reading or perhaps a collective affirmation of faith, a creed, some sort of call and response. But even those moments aren't enough to overpower modern worship. So as the messenger, one shouldn't forget to be a listener. I mean, you actually, there's that great saying, sometimes you see it played out in movies where one friend is talking to another friend and the other friend stops them and says, do you hear yourself? Do you hear what you are saying? It's usually when they're saying something completely outlandish, something that seems out of character, something to move the momentum of the narrative forward, a divergent moment. But how often do we actually hear ourselves? Do we actually pause to think about what we are saying, what we are intending? A minister has to think about that. A minister should think about that. Educators should think about that. Lawyers should think about that. Physicians, anyone who is in some kind of sphere of influence whereby they will be conveying some absolutely essential and pertinent information to someone who's going to take that to heart and maybe even act on it. So we should hear ourselves. So I was thinking back to that, that clip that I played earlier about finding people at the lowest point in their life, usually at the death of a loved one, in the midst of a funeral, and being able to convey to them that they will find joy again because their faith makes them whole. And knowing how absolutely ridiculous something like that must sound to a room full of grieving people. And they're in the moment of grief, right? They are burying somebody that was important to them or maybe even somebody that they had a difficult relationship with, but they still love them best they could. And you're standing up there and you're telling them that they will smile again, that they will laugh again. Maybe, maybe you might even be able to manage to have a few moments in the actual funeral service. It's part of the eulogy or maybe the homily where somebody laughs, where you can get and bring the entire congregation to a moment of levity, not mocking, but true joy. In those moments, we see the presence of God. I never know what I'm going to talk about from Wednesday to Wednesday. I just know that this is a responsibility that I want to maintain, that I should have some thoughts. This is not an advice column. I don't, I don't do that. I'm trying to make this audio journal 
something that reflects the complexities of not only professional ministry, not necessarily particular to First Congregational, although there are times when it is specific to this church and this place, but mostly just the experience of trying to be a person of faith in a rapidly changing world that sometimes seems all too hostile to faith. And because of that sort of collective hostility, it's easy for us to scroll back on our faith applications to say to ourselves, why bother? It's not worth the trouble, not worth the effort. We could just all disappear into whatever mode of entertainment we enjoy, music, film, books, games, some mindless activity that fills the time but doesn't fill the soul. I mean, we all can do that. We all have done that. Doesn't make us bad people. Doesn't make us irresponsible. It just goes to show that sometimes life becomes so burdensome that we find ourselves needing an escape more often than not. So we take it where we can find it. So these meandery thoughts, which sometimes may hit you exactly where you're at, I might stumble upon something that you actually were thinking about yourself, that you were musing about and wondering, does anyone else feel this way? Does anyone else have these thoughts? Does anyone else wrestle with these concepts? And maybe from week to week, I come out of the weeds and we find common ground. I mean, that's the hope, right? That just as human beings, we could find common ground on that point. Maybe sometimes these meandering thoughts are completely lost on you and you don't finish the episode. Maybe you haven't listened in a while and you're returning, you're, you're coming back to the podcast to see if I have progressed, to see if I have finally gotten a clue as to what you need to hear or feel. No, I live by faith on this microphone. I don't know where you're at. I mean, if you're alive right now and you're listening to this, I get the idea that you are viewing and dealing with the same things that I'm seeing. I mean, because our world only is dishing out so much. So all the current events that I am witnessing are the same exact current events that you're witnessing. Maybe they're playing out a little differently where you live. But the headlines are what they are. And we can't outrun them. My hope is, is that you will not forget your role, your identity as a person of faith. You will not be swayed by the sweet distractions that come so easy through so many channels and so many platforms that you will still hunger and thirst for righteousness, as Jesus says in the Beatitudes. But we have to realize and we have to accept that the weirdness that we may feel from day to day 
that it will take a collective effort for us to move beyond the malaise. We have to keep ourselves moving in a direction that we think would honor God. We have to not give up on reconciliation. I'm a big fan of reconciliation. I, I like that word. I like the fact that Jesus' ministry was one of reconciliation. I like the fact that not only did he reconcile individuals to one another and people to God, but that he, he remedied what was wrong. If people were infirmed, he didn't say, oh, I'm so sorry for your blindness. I'm so sorry for your inability to walk. I'm so sorry for your poverty. He addressed the concern. He addressed the concern and said, give the glory to God, not to me. For it was God who gave me the ability to recognize this imposition that you had. And I just simply came in and righted the wrong, cleared away the impediment, removed the obstacle, so you can serve freely and wholly. So give that glory to God. You know, if our churches and congregations and communities of faith are being effective, we can be the types of places where people can come in, set themselves right down in the pew, as I had mentioned last week, free of charge. Free of charge. If you didn't catch that one, it's episode that's titled Admission from August 18th. And a person can come and plant themselves right down there in those pews and receive everything that happens during the course of that worship service. And they can avail themselves of all the rich blessings and they can ask for a prayer if they want to. Maybe even take home some extra cookies or snacks. Today we were giving out tomatoes because people's tomatoes are coming due and the harvest is plentiful. So if you're a big fan of salsa, why don't you show up at First Congregational McGregor some Sunday, we will hook you up. And in that place where a person is feeling restored and held and uplifted by God, they will leave with a new countenance. They will leave with the assurance that something happened. Something happened to them. They felt absolved. Those haunting thoughts will no longer have sway over them. They might even be able to exit church, head back into the community, and reconnect with somebody that they haven't spoken to in some great while. This is all possible. This is all possible when we just allow ourselves a little room for God to interrupt our normal programming, our normal patterns of thought. When we allow God to just sort of say, can I, can I take a turn at this? Let me lead for a while. Let me plot the course. Let me set the direction. 
And if we can humble ourselves enough to allow that to happen, we will be transformed. And that joy that I spoke of on Sunday, even in the midst of something difficult, some mistake, some great loss, that joy is possible. It is real. It's not a joke. God does not want us to maintain our misery. God wants to alleviate those pressures. That is what we see time and time again in the gospel when Jesus was doing his open-air ministry, going from neighboring towns and villages, proclaiming the year of God's favor. And those who listened to him and took him at his word realized that something was taking place here. This was no ordinary prophet. This man was unlocking doors and possibilities at the same time. He was strengthening bodies, renewing minds, forgiving sins, reclaiming the lost, healing the sick, and leaving people generally feeling much better about themselves, their lot in life, their place in the realm of God than they ever had felt before. Now we can do that. We can be those messengers of hope. As a matter of fact, the more of us who apply ourselves, the better it will be. We'll cover more ground that way. So I do hope that you feel encouraged, enthused, motivated to move forward in this exciting task of being the person that God has created you to be. Hey, you're not alone. The Spirit is moving with you even at this very moment. So I thank you once again for listening, checking in with me. May God guide you. Be safe out there. God bless.